Hi, you're listening to An Open Dialogue. I am Violet Howe. And I am Todrick Kendall. And welcome. Thanks for listening today. Today, we are going to be talking about um, dream vacations. I am actually leaving this week on a trip to Scotland. And um, I can't, I've been planning this trip for like a year, so I can't believe that it's actually here. And so we decided that we would talk a little bit about vacations. I read an article last night about vacations and it says um, a lot of different things about vacations like one of the one of the statistics that stood out to me it said that um, if people travel to another country they tend to be happier on vacations than if they travel somewhere near home um, and there was a theory there that the farther you get away from home and the obligations of home and the obligations of work and things like that, the more you can actually relax on vacation. So I wanted to ask your thought about that. Hmm. I, I don't know. I, I think that there's probably some merit in that. Um, I know for me personally, on a, uh, on a, uh, a related note, but that I've been happier to come home from vacations in the last few years than I was for a long time. And, you know, it used to be that I'd be, oh my gosh, I'm coming home. I don't Dreading like, it, right. Yeah, I don't like where I live. I, you know, my house is one of the reasons I'm leaving. And, right. and since I've lived here where we live now and, and where we lived even um, beforehand, um, it, it was not that way. And that's, that's really nice to be able to come home and not be, not be dreading coming home. I think I identify with that more because of my job, because um, for a for a period of time there, I was very, very unhappy with my job. And so I almost would like a few days or, or you know, maybe a day or so before the vacation ended, I would start getting anxiety of mm. having to come back or having to come back home and go back to work. So I definitely think um, it's it's a nice thing to be happy to come home, yeah. to be at peace coming home. Yeah. And it's something that uh, because I, my family has lived away from our our extended family, which is in South Jersey or was in South Jersey before they all up and died on us, uh, which, you know, how rude, right? <laughs> how inconvenient. Uh, yeah, how, how really inconsiderate. Um, but so so for the, the first, so I've been married 31 years and for the first probably, um, well, a long period of time. Any vacation time we had was, it was not, there were no pleasure vacations. It was loading up the car and driving back home to see family, whether that was at Christmas, whether that was in the summer or somebody getting married or being born or, you know, something like right. that. Right. So I, I don't have, I don't have a ton of experience with actual vacations, you know, like, like the ones that I have a lot of dream ones, but um, for the, for the most of our life, it was okay. This is what you used your vacation time for is, is right. going back there. And, and then right. when we moved to Florida, it was going back to, you know, to visit home or whatever. So and now it's taking children to college, apparently. So. <laughs> Driving children where they need to go. That's right. um, another one of the little statistics that I found interesting in the article, it said that people are actually happier on the kind of on the planning end. Like they surveyed people when they are anticipating the trip yes. and yes. when they are actually on the trip and when they have come back from the trip. And we are happier, we're happiest, I guess you would say, when we are anticipating the trip to come. Yes. Why do you think that is? Oh, I just think that anticipation is at least probably 75% 
of of the joy because it, there's so much there's it's just possible everything is possible and we think oh I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I mean I know even when we're just doing a short vacation or weekend or whatever I always think oh well we're gonna be able to do this we're gonna be able to do that we're gonna be able to you know we can right. go to the, we'll get up and see the sunrise on the right. beach or whatever right. <laughs> you know and and then what actually happens may not be because the other people there there's usually other people involved there are um, you know, things like weather and hurricanes that come and change things and earthquakes and volcanoes and so forth, you know. Well, I think sometimes too, like I build it up in my mind of how it's going to be this picture, for, especially if it's, if it's a vacation with the kids. Um, I, I find that I kind of build up in my head like this wonderful, happy-go-lucky time we're going to have and somehow when you put four personalities into the mix and four people's needs and four people's wants for some strange reason they don't always want to do exactly what I think they should want to do so I do think that part of the um part of the reason the anticipation is better is because maybe when you're anticipating it can be exactly as you would like for it to be yes (laughs) and it's it's funny because when um when we lived in New Jersey we did come down a couple of times to Disney and you know, what have you. And I would um, do things when the kids were little. We would actually, I would make like a tear off. I'd take one of those uh, big doodle pads and I'd write how many days were left till the trip and then I'd give them some activity to do. You know, uh, in those days, you couldn't just, like there was there was no, there was a Disney channel, but it wasn't like you could just watch a Disney movie on demand. So I'd say, oh, today we're gonna watch you know, Little Mermaid, because that was a big deal. Or, you know, we're going to um, pick what, what toys we're going to take on the trip or that kind of thing. And, and I think that that built the anticipation for them. They still talk about that, about, oh, that was so much fun when you used to do that. And, um, and it did for me, too. Um, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it became part of the whole process. And I love the idea. I love the packing and the um, Me too. Yeah, that was that was. I, I love the preparing. Yeah, like I love um, reading about where we're going. I love finding things like you know that are that are happening where we're going and kind of planning that in my head. I even love like finding like okay, what are some restaurants that we're going to try while we're there? Um, to the point that I I do have to kind of purposely not over plan it. I've definitely been guilty of over planning in the background. Like when the first time that John and I went to Paris together and I had been to Paris before, I had all these things that I wanted to show him. And at one point in the trip, he was like, is there ever a time that we're just going to sit? I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, just, you know, like sit, like sit at a cafe or sit in a park and just kind of like be in Paris. And I'm like immediately looking at my watch, like, okay, um, yeah, we can sit. How how long? How long do you want to sit? How how long are we sitting? Because in my head, like, okay, we've got to be to this museum, and we have to make sure we get in line for this, and we have, you know. So I I try to remember that not everyone wants to be on breakneck speed the entire time we're gone. So no, with this true. trip in particular, I've tried to build in a lot of downtime where he can just sit. Yeah. I'll let you know how that goes for me, <laughs> but um, but I've definitely tried to to build in that downtime for just sitting. But I like the the planning and I love the like getting things ready and figuring out what we need like Mm -hmm. oh we need a raincoat and oh we need you know we need road snacks or like whatever it is that we need I love that whole planning aspect yeah that's uh that is a big part of it um you you talking about downtime reminded me of 
um, when my sister got married, she got married at Disney and our whole family was down. And my one cousin, this was their, she had three boys and this was their first trip and possibly their only trip to Disney for a long time. She had that thing planned to the nanosecond, to the point that when we would cross paths with them, you know, we would, they, they were going on their schedule. If we would just kind of meet up with them, she would be like, well, we can say hello, but now we're, you know, leaving. Right, and the right. kids were like, mom, can we stop having fun now for just a little bit and rest? <laughs> well, it's hard because I, I worked for several years as a VIP tour guide. And we are, one of our guarantees was that if they followed our itinerary and they followed our instructions, they would never wait in line for any ride more than 15 minutes mm-hmm. and at, on any day at Disney. And in order to do that, you have to be up very early. Mm-hmm. You have to be waiting at the park turnstiles when the gates open, ready to go in. And you have to follow a pretty, a pretty strict um, expedient schedule in the morning. Now, if, if we could do that, which was hard to do because most people do not want to get up very early on vacation. They do not want to be, they are not rushing to get out the door, um, which is why that works. The majority of people, the park opens at nine, the majority of people are going to be coming in between 10 and noon. And so if you can get there at 840 or 845, you're ahead of this huge crowd that's coming. And um, what we would do is we would get as much done as possible and leave the park at one o'clock, take the afternoon off, take the afternoon off, relax, go back to the hotel and swim, go back to the hotel and nap, do something that's completely relaxing because there's so much stimulation, so much, you know, to look at and see and everything else. And then we would come back in the park at six o'clock in the evening. Mm -hmm. And um, it, you know, it was hard because you do, you do kind of have that while I'm on vacation, I want to just meander through the park. But then I also knew as a tour guide, if if you'll follow me and you'll stay on pace, we're going to see more than everybody else here because they're meandering, you know, so it's it's a hard balance between kind of staying on schedule in order to be efficient with your time, but also not being so rigidly scheduled that you're stressed out the whole time. Well, so. exactly. Yes, I, I would agree with you. And I think that that is um, and that that kind of brings up an interesting point. Um, the difference, which is kind of a, a jump off from what you were talking about with you and John, the difference between do you do you ring every moment out by getting up early, staying up late, or do you, you know, want to kind of take your take your time a little bit, sleep in? Now, for me, sleeping in is it's that's it's all about that on vacation. I do not want to do anything where I have to get up early. My parents used to go to Maui, and and they would talk about getting up to you know right up to Haleakala and watch the sunrise. Like, I've seen the sunrise. I'm good. I have faith it's going to come up. I have I gotten up to see the sunrise twice. Once when we were camping at Jetty Park in Coco and got up with much, much protest um, to take the camera down with my husband and go to the beach and take pictures. And the sun didn't even bother showing up. It was just a cloudy sky. I was so mad. How rude. I know exactly like the first time in my life I showed up and it didn't and then the second time that I got up for sunrise was because I knew um, Terry Edney would kill me it was at Space Coast Book Lovers and she was having a sunrise meeting and 
I got up and was there, but I didn't have bells on. (laughs) (laughs) So I, for me, the whole sleeping late, staying up late, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm on a cruise, I'm happy to sleep till noon and get up and put on my flip-flops and stumble up to find whatever's available to eat. And I'm happy to stay up really late and not care how late I'm up because I know I'm sleeping late. If I'm somewhere like Paris and I know that being in line very early to go to the top of Notre Dame is going to save me hours later in the day, then that's where I'm willing to do that. So for me, it's kind of like where I'm at. If it's something where I know that being at the museum when it opens or being in line, you know, for a, for a, a scenic route or something is important, then I'm happy to get up early and do that because I know it's going to pay, you know, it's going to pay off in the long run for that day. But if it's, that's one of the reasons I like cruises is because I don't feel like I have to be anywhere at any time and I'm not on a schedule and that's, um, that's hard for me. So it's something that I give myself permission to do on a cruise. And I think that's why we both like cruising so much (laughs) because not only am I then not on a schedule, but then my husband's not on my schedule. So that's good for both of us, I think. Yeah, I've had to adapt because I was definitely, when I was brought up, whenever we were going on a, like a do thing vacation with us, we always went to historical places. We went to battlefields. We went to, um, you know, like Boston, the the revolution, went to, um, uh, you know, um, Bunker Hill, that kind of thing. And so there was always it was there was always a learning point to it, and and my parents were very much okay. We're we're gonna. My parents were the squeeze every drop out. They would, they would like not show up to the airport to the very last minute when they were in Hawaii because they were just they wanted to squeeze every last minute, every last right. drip of it. So um, when I got married and and Clint and the kids and I started doing things, I really did have to learn to adapt to say okay, it's fine. We're going to do this however it happens. Because if not, you ended up with cranky people. You ended up right. with people who right. were like, I don't even know why we're here anyway. And you know, Whereas if you just <laughs> right. let it happen at its own pace, everybody really enjoyed it. So, Are you talking to me? No, I'm kidding. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what my family all the time is like, is there going to be downtime? Is there going to be yeah. time? So, yeah. And I do feel like, like when I tell people our schedule for this trip, when I tell people our schedule for Scotland, they look at me like I'm nuts and that it's a whirlwind. But I have, I have built in downtime. Like we have two nights in Glasgow, two nights in Oban, two nights in Skye, two nights in Inverness, and two nights in Edinburgh. <laughs> so that sounds kind of nuts. <laughs> but I haven't booked like specific things to do in any of those locations. So it's it's more of a meandering, exploring, relaxing kind of whirlwind than a really busy whirlwind. I yeah. hope we'll see. That's, that's my plan. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um it's funny because I'm a little nervous about um well I'm a little nervous about I'm driving a standard transmission, which I know how to do, but I haven't done in years. I probably have not driven a manual transmission in 20 years. So, you know, I think I'm probably going to be a little rusty mm. and it's, it's going to be on the opposite side of the car from what I'm accustomed to and mm. on the opposite side of the road from what I'm accustomed to. And I've done it. I did it um, when I went to Australia. I, you know, I drove on, um, on the opposite side of the road because it's also a, you know, a British, mm. um, uh, nation or, um, you know, part of the, it's part of the, uh, 
Yes, the Commonwealth. Yes. yes, that's what I was trying to think of. It's not British, but you know what yeah. I mean. Yes. So to our Australian listeners, clearly, I know, Australia I know, is that's not. not I knew as soon as I knew as soon as I said it, and I trust me, I know not to say that anyone in Scotland is British. I know that because I had a a, a mentor and a dear friend who is from Scotland, and um, she would breathe fire down the necks of anyone who dared to suggest that, the, that people from Scotland were British. So I knew now, as soon as I said it, I'm like, that's not the right Now, term. my friends prefer to be called British, even though really? they are in Scotland. And actually, I ran into a lady um, not that long ago, and I said something like, oh, I'm sorry. I said British. And I mean, she was, oh, no, Scotland is part of Great Britain. Yes, absolutely. I, 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 we're, we're British. So I think it really is, it depends on who it depends on you're the person. talking about. Yeah. 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 It depends on the person. It, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I can think of several things. I mean, don't call them English. Right. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> right. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it depends on the person. It would but be like, anyway, you know, I don't um, want to be called Canadian. I guess I wouldn't mind being called Canadian. I, I don't know, mind, whatever. I wouldn't mind being called Canadian. Yeah. That's, everyone I've met from Canada is very nice. Shout yeah, out to absolutely. Tina Reed if you're listening. She's my favorite Canadian. But, um, but no, I, I'm, so I'm a little bit nervous about the driving aspect. I'm sure once I'm actually doing it, I'll be fine. But again, that anticipation is like a little nervous and I'm a little nervous about the food. Mm, I, would um, I don't want to in any way whatsoever insult anyone from Scotland, but each of us have like our own taste and our own things that we like and don't like. And from my experience um, in England, from my experience with different, you know, friends or whoever who are Scottish here, it's not my favorite food. So um, I'm a little nervous about the food. Like I, I've joked that this may be the only vacation I ever go on and come back skinnier <laughs> than when I left. Um, because I don't like, I, I'm, I'm such an odd person. I don't like anything with potatoes in it. Mm. I don't like anything like shepherd's pie. I don't like just the thought of haggis. No, no. I don't like scotch eggs. I don't like, um, I don't like a lot of meat, period. Like I, I really don't like anything where meat is kind of like the main thing in the dish. Um, I don't like ale. Not a huge fan of whiskey. <laughs> so I'm a little nervous about the food but yeah. we'll see we'll see how that works i'm taking peanut butter with me and i'm taking protein bars with me and i've got some chips that i'm taking with me That's so probably a good idea <laughs> <laughs> yeah my husband will be fine my husband yeah. will be able to eat anywhere anything but i'm just i'm a little nervous yeah. so i'll um i'll let you know when we get back whether or not i was able to find anything to eat uh, yeah so i'll be interested to hear that <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see because yeah. I grew, I grew up um, with everyone telling me what a horrible picky eater I was because I didn't eat anything growing up. Like I didn't, I just didn't like anything that my family prepared at all. And I, I had this reputation um, with everyone as being this horrible picky eater. And when I left home and I moved to Florida, I discovered that I like Indian food, I like Mexican food, I like Japanese food, I like Thai food, I like pretty much any kind of Asian food, I like Italian food, I like Greek food, I like, um, I'm, I'm trying to think, like, just, I like, you know, Jamaican food, I like Brazilian food, I like food from the Dominican, I, you know, pretty much everything except Southern cooking. And so the things that I grew up with, like, you know, meatloaf and mashed potatoes and fried chicken and collard greens and anything like that anything where the vegetables are like you know boiled or cooked to mush or um 
I'm, everything's fried. I'm, I'm kind it's of funny. having a, a, a craving here for uh, for Beverly's uh, chicken and noodles. So I you know. know chicken and dumplings. Oh, I don't eat chicken and dumplings. Wow, they were so I good. I don't like potatoes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm kind of like the the outcast in my family. But I did find once I moved away that like I. I have a very, I have a very broad palette of, of food that I actually like. I just, I don't like Southern cooking. And as of yet, I have not liked um, traditional British fare, but we'll see once we'll I've see. gone to Scotland and, um, and we also have a, a week in, in England after Scotland. So we'll see what I find this time. The last time I was in England, um, our, our friends took us to this wonderful pub in their village and, um, I was a little nervous because I don't eat fish and chips. Um, I don't eat shepherd's pie. I don't eat like any of the traditional like pub food. And they had this thing called hunter's chicken. And it was kind of like a chicken breast that was butterflied. And it had like, you know, um, I think it was ham and cheese. Mm -hmm. But anyway, whatever it was, was yummy. And I was so relieved that there was food I could eat and not be embarrassing to everyone. So. How about Guinness stew? Do you like Guinness stew? I don't like stew. Like it's going to be a long couple of weeks for I you, girlfriend. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have, you should see this, I have to make room in my suitcase for this box of protein bars and I have little travel packets of peanut butter and I have um, chips, <laughs> not crisp, but chips. So we'll see. Uh, we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well um, I know another thing that we wanted to talk about with Dream Vacation, sorry that I like got us off on this tangent about food although for me food is a huge part of vacations yes. like usually when I'm planning vacations that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to is the food and what we're going to eat and what we're going to try and I love trying new things I am not I, I've told the people in my in my reader group I have a Facebook reader group the ultraviolets hi ultraviolets and I've told them that I may try haggis because I don't want to just like say I'm not going to try it. I would like to try it and see whether or not I like it. But um, I'm going to make, about a, you? I'm gonna make at... a prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Are you at, well, you know what? Someone did comment in a group the other day and tell me that they make vegetarian haggis, oh, which to well, me yeah. seems kind of like an oxymoron, but you know, yeah. it's something to try. Yeah. But, um, but what about you? Are you adventuresome when you go on a trip as far as trying food? Oh, absolutely not. I am. I am not. I am. Really? Um, no, there's I, because I don't eat seafood. So and I don't eat exotic food. I basically eat chicken pasta and and some red meat. Um, I try not to eat too much pork. I love ham. I am the southern cooking eating okay. girl. I will there eat you go. all that. I'll take you home yeah. with me and everyone will love you. I know. Um, <laughs> and I do love I also love Asian and Italian and and eh, I'm, I'm not big on Indian or uh, and I don't like anything real spicy, but, and, and I do actually enjoy British food as a whole. My daughter makes a killer shepherd's pie that I just adore. Um, but I, I usually, my, when I think about going on vacation and food, it's, it's New Orleans. That's, that's the place that I uh, will go. Like the and, Cajun, oh, I Cajun will, and Creole. I will just, I will, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, that's my thing is that I just go and I start thinking, okay, when are we going to eat and what are we going to eat and where are we going to eat? And, and my kids are the same way. I mean, we'll, we, we have actually driven to New Orleans actually just because we had a yen for something. We're like, it's really not that far, really. Well, we, for my night's 40th birthday, um, I surprised him. I, I got him up that morning and blindfolded him. And we drove to the airport. Uh, we flew out at about 8.20 in the morning and drove to New Orleans. We spent the day 
and we flew back at 9.30 that night. And so we basically just flew up there to eat and to walk around mm -hmm. Jackson Square and take the streetcar and, you know, just, we just spent yeah. the day in New Orleans, which was great. We, like, we got there and went immediately to Cafe du Monde for uh -huh. the beignets. Yep. And then we stood in line around the block for Mothers, for the Po' Boys. Yep. And then we ended up going to, um, oh, I can't even think of the name of the place. Um, that night, it's like a local restaurant that's actually like out in a neighborhood we had to take a taxi to there um but yeah so i i love planning planning vacations around the food <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's not i mean san francisco because i used to live in northern california so i do yeah. know and we still have family up there so when we go up there um uh, which has been many 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 years since we have been there but my my auntie takes me to all the places and and we eat we eat to <laughs> we eat to the till we, we absolutely cannot eat anymore my kids will be like please can we stop now but you know we do get a good uh we get a good variety of food and, and we do we do try a few new things although i don't know that i've ever tried anything new that, that i've been like ooh, i want to <laughs> no <laughs> well one of the most amazing meals i've ever had in my life uh, my friend janice and i had gone to tuscany and we had hired a private guide and kind of like rode around with him for the day with him taking us to all these little, you know, out of the way places and, and telling us stories and history. And we drove up to this place. Um, he told us that it, it was a castle at one point, but at some point it was conquered and the tower was knocked down. So now it's basically a village within walls and um, has, I think he said 27 residents. So a very small place. And we drove up to this building and parked. There's no signage. There's nothing that indicates this would be anything other than someone's home. And we get out and he leads us around through the, the, like the garden gate into the backyard. And there's like seven tables with white linens under these humongous trees looking out over the hills of Tuscany, like something in a movie scene. It was absolutely gorgeous. One of the most beautiful places I've ever been. And this lovely woman came over who did not speak a word of English. And she came over and welcomed us. Her name was Mama Gina. And this was her place. And there's no menu. Gina just starts bringing out food. And like she, you know, she would bring out stuff. Um, she started with pate, which I don't mm. like, but I did try it. Um, she brought out a, a robolito, um, mm -hmm. like a, a rebold stew. Mm -hmm. um, she brought out, of course, you know, meats and pastas and vegetables. And she just kept bringing out food, kept bringing out food. We probably sat there for three hours because we were talking and we were, um, the Chianti was flowing and we were having, you know, just a great meal and it was an absolutely gorgeous view. And she just kept bringing out food and kept bringing out food. I, I don't know that I've ever been that full in my life but that full and content mm -hmm. at the same time, like not like a sick feeling full, but just like a, just satiated full. Mm -hmm. And then she brought out tiramisu, which I don't even care for. I don't like coffee. So tiramisu is not one of my go-to desserts, but Mama Gina insisted that I try it. And it was like one of the best things I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> like it was just incredible. So it's funny, like that's something that I want to, uh, I would love to go back with my night and kind of like, recreate that experience like I have a book um that is set that has a huge portion of the book set in Italy and I want to go back there's like certain things that I did when I was when I was there that I want to go back and kind of like experience that again from the viewpoint of my character like mm -hmm. um I, I feel like it's it's really important that I go back and kind of experience that again before I write it so I know you have a book um set in London right well it's it's partially the the first the first one, the anti-Cinderella was 
um, actually mostly set in Maine and, and Florida, um, but there was a, a part of it that was in London, and the next two books in the series are going to be uh, more centered in London. Yeah, so that's what that's I kind of meant like the upcoming. Yeah, one, so. yeah, well, um, the upcoming so. ones. Yeah, so I'm yeah, going to be so. I'm going to be doing a lot of virtual. I'm going to be doing a lot of virtual stuff to no, see. No, I think you should. I think you should go. <laughs> I think you should plan a trip to London and go and like walk the yeah. streets and, um, <laughs> you know, be part of the. Because to me, like when you're there and you're part of like the the noises and the smells and the and the people and the you know just that whole experience. Like a lot of times I'll. I'll write down either like in my phone's notes or I'll scribble it down on a, on a piece of paper or in a journal book or something like I'll stop when I'm in a foreign place, when I'm in a city and I'll write down what is everything that I'm hearing right now. What is everything that I'm smelling right now? What is everything that I'm seeing right now? What's catching my eye? What's, you know, what am I noticing? Um, and then have that kind of color, the the character's experience later. Like I want the reader to feel like they're there. So I want the reader to be able to, hear what the character's hearing and smell what the character's smelling and, and see what the character's seeing. So I try to always do that whenever I go someplace new is take a moment to just kind of be still and notice everything around me and, and make a note of that to use it. Well, I think I'm going to have to rely on my imagination for this one because these books are coming out in February and May and Ain't no way. I have a grandchild <laughs> coming, and that's going to be my next year. That's I'm I'm going to be. You know, she and I will take a virtual trip to, to England. I will sit well, there. I tell you what. While I'm in London, I will I will like Facetime you and like span the camera around, and you can write down everything that you see and everything you hear. Actually, so I'll, I'll bring you to London with. Actually, me. one of my best friends is in is in England right now. She's from. She's 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 English, and she's there visiting family, and and she messaged me this morning how what a great time she had had I, I'm interested because she was going to um, stay in a room over a friend's pub and she was a little worried about the noise so I'm, I'm very interested to hear how that how that went but she has promised she's the one who brought me back my my Megan and Harry tin filled with cookies which oh, I right. yes I which that. I yes. ate very very slowly in order to stretch them out um, and so she she she's my go-to when I say uh, this is what I'm thinking, and she'd say, "No, no, that really wouldn't be done." And you know, <laughs> when when I when my characters, my, my, the characters who were British, I had her go over their dialogue, and she don't know that you know that's good because I don't want it to be. I hate when I'm reading a book and they have the British characters saying things like "pip pip" or you know, right? right. <laughs> no, no. I do that with Southern characters, like oh. or I guess more so in movies than yes. books. Like when somebody's doing a horrible Southern accent, yes. it just really grates on me, and I have a hard time kind of getting into the character or yeah. getting into the story because Same. it's so uh, when they're doing a bad Southern accent. I so. agree. I agree. Well, I guess um, this is going to be it for this segment. If you have been listening, we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear what your dream vacation destination is, or we would love to hear mm -hmm. what part of the trip you like best. Is it the anticipation and the planning? Is it actually being on the trip or coming back and having the memories? Is it the, the food? <laughs> is it the food? Yeah, exactly. What is it that really excites you? about a vacation and um, and what do you what do you like to do for vacation where would you recommend that we go so you can reach out to us at an open dialogue one at gmail.com that's the number one an open dialogue one at gmail.com or you can reach either Tadra or myself on Facebook Twitter Instagram we are pretty much everywhere we are 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you being here, and we'll see you next time on An Open Dialogue. Thank you. Bye-bye.